It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And I want to welcome you to Calvary Live. So glad that you can join us for today's program. And I am ready to take your calls your questions and prayer requests, as you just heard, 303-690-3000. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado. And as always, I am so blessed to be with you and uh, so glad that you can join in, tune in to today's program. Calvary Live, of course, is a call-in show where you can call in and ask questions about the Bible or uh, Christian living. Perhaps you got prayer requests, and I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, to minister to you, to I encourage you in the things of the Lord, and so give me a call. We have open lines, 303-690-3000, and you can get on the program today. Looking forward to what the Lord has for us. So I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners along the front range of Colorado into southern Wyoming and the Hope FM radio network on the East Coast. You guys can call at that same number, 303-690-3000. And then also for you online listeners, you can give us a call at this time as well. There is a text line, as most of you know, that have listened to the show before. And that's for you to be able to text in a question. And that's 720-336-0897. I'll be repeating those numbers throughout the program uh, to remind you of uh, those numbers that you can call in and get a hold of us. And we'll certainly look at those text questions as time permits. So the best thing for you who want to be on the show is to grab one of those open lines right now at the beginning of the show. And uh, looking forward to, again, answering your questions and taking your prayer requests on Calvary Live today. Beautiful time of the year as we find ourselves in October. It's beautiful here in Colorado, and uh, and it is just a wonderful time with the leaves changing and uh, the change of seasons, and I uh, just love this time of year. So uh, if you're out and about walking in the park or if you're uh, getting off work or picking up the kids uh, from school or taking them to soccer practice. If you get a chance, give us a call, be on the show. Maybe there are some things that uh, have been on your mind that uh, that you'd like to get some clarity or understanding on, or perhaps uh, you have uh, had your devotions and a question came up. I, I'd love to bless you in any way that I can and point you to the Word of God. I do want to start the program by reading from Psalm 73. Psalm 73 is a psalm of Asaph, and Asaph uh, as he is writing this psalm, at first he's kind of bummed out because uh, he is looking at those who are boastful, those who um, are the wicked, and it seems like they're getting away with everything. And so he talks about how uh, he's been stumbled by that, and he's struggling with all of that. And as you read the psalm, he he just, uh, as he uh, talks about how uh, he saw the prosperity of the wicked, how much um, that it troubled him in his life, And then he said in verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their end. And Asaph, what he did is got his eyes on the Lord. And uh, as he got his eyes on the Lord, uh, he began to realize the goodness of the Lord and that they're not getting away with it. But I love the way that Asaph ends this psalm. In verse 25, it says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart 
and my portion forever. And I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. So maybe you're kind of bummed out. Maybe you got uh, some things that are heavy on your heart. I'd love to pray with you or encourage you in the scriptures and to remind you of the wonderful work of Jesus Christ who loves us and went to the cross for us and to remind you that his promises are true. So give me a call, the number to call, 303-690-3000. But let's go to uh, line one to Joe in Loveland. Hey, hey, Joe, you're on. How are you? This is Pastor Jeff. Oh, Jeff, right. Sorry, my apologies. Yeah. (laughs) You're good. I I have a question. I have a friend I have been witnessing to, and she happens to be a Jehovah Witness. Okay. It's made for some very interesting conversations. I bet it has. (laughs) I've been downloading and printing out copies and chapters of the New World Translation so I can get Bible verses from her own Bible that will point to the deity of Jesus Christ. Right. So now that I'm kind of, I want to say, armed with the right scriptures, I'm trying to figure out why, why did the Jehovah Witnesses, why did they remove all of the deity of Jesus? What is, the, what is their plan for that so I can help try to contradict that teaching that they're teaching her? Right. The reason that they do that in other cults such as, you know, um, what they'll do is remove things or mistranslate things to fit their theology. That's why they do it. So the prime examples you probably know is you've been researching it from the Jehovah Witnesses to deny the deity of Jesus Christ is in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What they translated to mean is a God, Right that Mm -hmm. the Word was a God. So um, they do that to fit their theology that Jesus is not equal with God, that he's not divine, uh, that he's not eternal, that he's a created being. And so that's why they mistranslate those things. One of the things, uh, Joe, that I would encourage you in is, you know, if you get the Watchtower Bible and you can arm yourself, but one of the ways that you're going to be able to really minister to your friend here is to give them what's true. It's kind of like, um, and, and it's it's good what you're doing, uh, but to um, just reiterate to her what the Bible says about the deity of Jesus Christ, it's kind of like uh, bank tellers. You know how bank tellers can tell a counterfeit? Mm-hmm. How do they train them? They well, train them by studying. Yeah, but they train them by... They're so aware of what is a real $20 bill that when a fake one comes along, they can spot the fake. So they're trained in really knowing the truth. And so you want to arm yourself with that as you go through this process. But any one of the characteristics of the cults that you will see is they do take away the deity of Jesus Christ. It's Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, and they'll, they'll misinterpret the scriptures and all of that. So, um, you know, you want to be able to give an answer to those scriptures. You want to be able to point them that there's only one true God, that Jesus is God, the second person of the Godhead Trinity, and to, um, you know, arm yourself with the Word of God in that way. And, you know, the Jehovah Witnesses, of course, um, you know, they believe that uh, Jesus is the first and only direct creation of God. So you can show them the eternal attributes 
that are given to Jesus that are declared in the Word of God and just keep showing her that. And also the grace of God, because the other characteristics that cults have um, is that you have to earn your salvation. You have to work for it. And true biblical Christianity is you cannot earn your salvation. Jesus did the work on the cross at Calvary, and he paid the price for our sins, and now we come in faith, and that's what brings justification. We are justified freely by his grace through faith, is what the scriptures declare. So those are two main things. But yeah, they, they kind of mistranslate everything to fit their theology. It does. And I, I guess your counterfeit comment kind of goes with the other question I have is, as I do my research, I'll come across verses that, that completely change from the, the Bible that I'm reading. And it kind of I don't want to say it makes my blood boil, but it gets my heart to pump a little bit. Like, you know, you're downgrading right. my God. And do you, is it normal to take that kind of personally as, as I'm going <laughs> through these studies? And how do you well, check that? That there is a righteous anger. And um, but, you know, people are deceived. You know, even like if you look at the Mormons uh, uh, doctrine of, of statement of faith, that they'll say, we believe that the Bible is true as long as it's translated correctly. Then they say, according to the Book of Mormon, that we believe the Book of Mormon is the Word of God, period. So the reason that they put that we believe that the Bible is the Word of God, as long as it's translated correctly, is so that they will come along and say, well, this part isn't right, so we're going to you know, um, you know, twist it around or interpret it wrong. And, and that's what the, the cults will do, and they're very good at it. And they will take some portion of the scripture and say, well, this really isn't what it means. This is what it means. And that's the characteristics of the cults. What they try to do is they get people to, first of all, step number one is to all the things that you believed before in the Bible that, you know, aren't true. And to get you into that neutral to where you need to rethink about everything. And then they bring in their doctrine, and they bring in their Watchtower Bibles or the Book of Mormon or whatever they may be. So, yeah, it gets your blood boiling, but, you know, your friend, just love them and give them the truth and continue to point them to Jesus and the grace and love of Jesus Christ and, you know, the eternal characteristics uh, of Jesus. Um, You know, in that upper room, Jesus said, if, you know, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And... um, And they they were wanting to see the Father. So things like that, just tenderly just keep praying for her and showing her the truth of God's Word. Amen. I will. I I always said I won't stop until she flat tells me to to stop. So I'm going to keep going. Yeah, but you know what? You bet. Absolutely, Joe. And one of the things you can do uh, is keep praying for her. So, Father, I just pray for, for this person that Joe's ministering to that um, there are those out there that preach another Jesus, and I pray that as he gives truth, that the truth would penetrate um, their heart, that their eyes would be open, their hearts would be softened, that uh, it's the Holy Spirit, that he is the one that's going to draw uh, her to uh, the truth and declare the truth. And I pray you give Job wisdom, um, that he would have a reasonable answer for the hope that is within us. And, and Lord, that uh, I thank you that um, he's a friend that desires to bring truth and, um, and that he desires to minister um, the truth of Jesus Christ in salvation. So be with Joe. 
uh, be with this person that he's ministering to, just uh, open her eyes in, in a real way that she comes to true salvation and knowing who Jesus is. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. You bet, God Joe. God bless you and everything you guys do on the radio. Listen every day, yeah. love it, and have a great afternoon, Good. Pastor. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, when somebody hangs up, there's an open line, so 303-690-3000. Let's go to Nick in Denver. Nick? Yeah, hey, Pastor, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm doing real good, man. I'm just on my way to work. Um, but I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a. Fr- uh, I was talking to some guy at work the other day, and uh, uh, he said he was, he was born and raised in the Christian church, and uh, he believes in God, but he just feels like the Bible. There's a lot of contradictions, and I asked him. I was like, I, I don't, because I don't know any, of any contradictions in the Bible, because I really don't think there are any. But uh, he showed me in Exodus 21, one through 11, I think it is, right. uh, where it just it gives rules on slavery, and uh, I mean, he kind of made a joke about it, but uh, um, I kind of had. I, I'm, I'm actually questioning it. Why, like, why are there rules about slavery? when, I mean, slavery is bad. Right. And, you know, I don't think the Bible, you know, is condoning slavery or approving of slavery. I think what the Bible does is it really gives honesty, um, you know, the the picture of the culture and what was going on at that time. And slavery was very much a part of the ancient world, even through the Roman Empire. You know, Paul talks about in the New Testament that... uh, you masters that you are to treat your you know your servants your slaves in this way there are millions and millions of slaves that were in the roman empire and unfortunately that took place but even amongst god's people in the book of exodus when you worked for somebody you were uh, usually a slave um and even in the new testament that most of the people, a lot of the people in the Roman Empire were slaves. They were working for somebody. They were slaves. And, you know, they weren't treated all that well. And even like doctors, like Luke, who wrote the Gospel of Luke and Acts, yeah. It, is, yeah. it is believed that even he was a slave um, to, you know, because masters would have a slave to keep the other slaves, um, you know, healthy and stuff. So the Bible's very honest of what was going on. But what God does is he comes along and he puts restrictions on, you know, the Hebrew slaves in uh, Exodus chapter 21. And what he does is he says after six years that that servant, that slave is to be set free. And if that servant desires to be continuing to be under the submission of the master, then what he is to do is go to the elders and the elders were to interview him to make sure that he wasn't forced or threatened or anything. And if that servant, that slave said, my master is good. My master treats me well. I want to serve him for the rest of my life. Then what he would be considered then was a bond servant. And they would take in uh, his earlobe, uh, put it up against the doorpost and pierce his ear. And he was marked. So that's what Exodus talks about, but there was to be a freedom of that slavery, and that's what we have. So that's was put in the Old Testament law. Um, and then what is interesting is Paul the Apostle comes along 
uh, and some of the other writers of the New Testament. And Paul, he writes, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. He uses that term, a bondservant. In other words, I have made the choice freely and willingly to serve the Lord for the rest of my life. So, yeah, when you read the Old Testament and you read some of the the things that were taking place in the ancient world, it wasn't always easy, and the Bible's very honest. But the thing to remind your friend is that it's only in Jesus Christ where true freedom comes. And um, and he has come to set us free, and um, free from the world, uh, free from the slavery of the world. It is the Lord that brought the children of Israel out of Egypt so they can be their own people. And um, and so, you know, it isn't a condoning, it isn't a just overlooking or approval of slavery. It was putting those restrictions on what was taking place in the ancient times. So that's kind of what we have there. So I don't okay. know if that helps. So, all right, all right. So you got to think about what was going on back in those days. And basically, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but basically it's uh, – Almost like an employer to to an employee in some yeah, sort it, of way, right? It, yeah, uh, it like, kind of was. That's the way it kind of was, but I don't want to just flippantly say that because, you know, slaves were treated wrong. There's no doubt about it, and yeah. um, even in Roman Empire. So, um, and the Lord comes along and says, listen, you need to set them free after six years. If you ended up owing somebody money, you know, you can go to a bank and get a loan or, you know, and pay them off or something. You ended up sometimes becoming their slave. So that that was the culture, the time. Here the Lord has given his law to his people, and he says that, hey, if you have a Hebrew servant, a slave, you're to set him free after six years. So that's kind of where we're at with it. And, um, and you know, like I said, w- what I see throughout the scriptures is the Lord desires for us to have freedom, and that there was to be a right treatment towards those who were who were slaves. I gotcha. I gotcha. That actually made sense. That Hopefully, makes a lot that of sense. helps. I really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. Thanks for Th- calling. Good question. Thank you. Man. God bless you. you. Thank you. You did. Bye. 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 All right, 303-690-3000. These are good questions. These are questions that sometimes are hard to wrestle through, and people that read the Old Testament wrestle through these things. And so um, good question that Nick is asking. And keep searching the Scriptures, keep looking. And, um, you know, the Bible's very honest about um, the uh, governments and civil authorities and all that that took place that— you know, um, always falls short of what God would really want and his desire. But I just want to remind everybody that true freedom comes by believing in Christ, and he has come and set us free, and that's what I think about when I read those chapters. And I want to be a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I want to serve him freely and willingly for the rest of my life. Well, let's go to Bill in Thornton. Bill, you still with us? Yes, I am, Pastor. How are Hi. you? Uh, I'm hanging on be better okay what can we do uh, for you uh i need a uh for uh prayer for my wife <clears throat> okay. uh i called in last week and we had a prayer request from you guys too and we've been going through some tests for cancer uh through the last okay. couple of weeks and uh, the yeah. preliminary is kind of showing that you know it is so based you know, pretty much that's what the doctors are saying there's still like a pet scan to do tomorrow I think okay. it's just mostly just to find out if it's any place else. They found a couple spots, 
on okay. uh, on a, a lung, uh, lower lung, and on her spine. So okay. I just want to pray for uh, you know Absolutely. God's healing and, and God even to use this for His glory, and okay. uh, you know for our, for family members and friends of ours too that are not with the Lord, but for strength okay. for for my wife. Her name is Janie. And uh, just for, you know, I still believe that God can do miracles. And we just want to pray that uh, there's a, you know, God will take us through and we'll come out at the end. Yeah. end. And uh, But yeah. just to glorify God in it, to be strong, yeah. and to stand firm on yes. His promises, and yeah. just to be a God's yes, witness, even through this uh, trial. So, and, even you know, the trials. For, uh, yeah. For, yeah. So for healing, yeah. for uh, with God to have His His uh, His way through it, and the God to be glorified, and mm-hmm. and uh, some, and yeah. we need financial blessing too for financial breakthrough. So okay, absolutely. Can you tell me your wife's name again? Yeah, her name is Janie. Janie. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if you said Janie or Jamie. So Father, we do pray for Bill for Janie. Lord, we pray for her. We pray for healing. Um, there's cancer. It seems like that they're finding. Uh, they'll get more detailed uh, as she goes through more tests. But Lord, I, I thank you for Bill's heart. Just just listening to him, that he, obviously he has concern for his wife. This is a trial that they're going through. It's a trial that I know that um, many people, even perhaps even listening right now, know of a family or loved ones or friends that are going through it. But Lord, for Janie, I just pray for healing. I pray that you touch her body. They take the cancer away. We know that we can ask you because you said cast our cares upon you because you care for us and you're the great physician. I pray that through this process that, Lord, that you would be glorified, that you strengthen Bill and Janie during this time, that they would look to you and trust in you and not only trust in you but rest in you and to rest in your love and to know that you're working. And, Lord, I pray that you would help Bill be strong for his wife and Lord, um, during all the the anxiousness and stuff, that as they give their request to you, that you give them a peace that passes understanding, even as we read in the book of Philippians. Yes. And Lord, that you would also help them financially, that you would provide the means for them for a breakthrough, Lord, that you would, um, you're the one that supplies all our needs in Christ Jesus, yes. and that you would do that, Lord, and that you would just uh, help Bill to keep looking to you and his wife. Yes. And, Lord, trusting in you and everything in every area of their lives, they, they would continue to be a wonderful testimony of your goodness and, Lord, your truth. And, Lord, just strengthen them and comfort them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bill, thanks okay. for calling. We're going to keep praying for you, all right? Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. You bet. You know, I you would bet. appreciate that. If you just had church pray for us, too, your church, I would appreciate it. Yeah, so. absolutely. We will Thank do that. Thank you. God bless you, Pastor. You bet. 303-690-3000. Give me a call. we got open lines, but let's go to Brett in New Jersey. Brett? Hey. Hey, Pastor. How, How are you? Good. How are things in New Jersey? Uh, they're pretty good. Um, the work day is pretty much ending. It's getting a little dark yeah. right now. So. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. So what can we do for you? Um. Well, my question was pretty much about, um, I, I'm struggling in certain areas. You know, I'm a, I'm a 28-year-old. I've been married for about two years. Um, and my thing 
I'm kind of struggling with is uh, willful sin. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's kind of hard for me to um, just, after I choose to sin, you know, knowing full well that um, what I'm doing is sinning against God. I, you know, I know different scriptures about what I'm doing, and yet I'm still choosing to sin. Sometimes it makes me doubt my salvation. Sometimes I feel like, uh, um, you know, I get into a, a, a pity kind of rut because, you know, I'm a husband. I'm supposed to be a leader. I'm supposed to be, you know, helping to lead my wife. And, um, you know, and I know it hurts my relationship with God. And uh, sometimes I, I, I doubt myself um, because I've been struggling with certain things for, for years and, you know, probably decades plus. Um, and it makes me just kind of question, like, what am I, what am I doing here? Like, how do I get out of this? Right. Right. And, you know, one of the things that the Scripture tells us, that we still war with the flesh. Um, and I want to, you know, encourage you, because sometimes, you know, Jesus died for our sins. That word sin means to miss the mark. And for our transgressions, you know what that transgression, that word means? It, it it means, Brett, that you know where the line is and you cross over that line. Um, he died for our sins, transgressions, iniquity. That word is kind of combines all of it. And I also want to remind you, because you, you mentioned, and the enemy will come along and he'll remind you that when you struggle in sin, yeah, you know it's sin, and then you transgress, you cross that line, and then you got conviction, the Lord's convicting you, and it's a battle, and it's a struggle, and people can go through certain struggles and uh, battling that flesh, and they know that they're sinning, and it just seems like it can't get a handle on it. And what the enemy does is come along, first of all, and he begins to condemn you. You know that there needs to be repentance. You, you, you know that, Lord, I just struggle with this, and am I even saved? Am I just a spiritual wet? A waste. And there have been times in my life where I felt that way. It's like, Lord, I keep coming back and f- asking for forgiveness for this, you know, um, with an attitude of the heart or the, you know, the, just the, uh, the flesh or whatever the case may be. And I, I always got to go back to Romans chapter 8, where Paul writes, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so we are to remember that. And he goes on, he says, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And then he talks about walking in the Spirit in that chapter. And um, in the previous chapter, in Romans chapter 7, Paul's talking about that struggle. He says, I do those things that I shouldn't do, and I don't do the things that I should do. And he goes and he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from the body of death? And I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... Um, you know, he, he goes on and talks about walking in spirit. Um, one of the things that I want to encourage you in, Brett, is uh, we had a lesson on Sunday about Jesus in the garden praying uh, right before he gets arrested. And he's talking to his disciples, and he said, pray and watch always that you, you know, fall not into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I think a key for you is those areas that you struggle in, try to get rid of everything to bring the temptation and really be in a place of prayer and watching. 
being in the scriptures, you know, um, you know, being in prayer constantly, because prayer is not only for petitioning, but the prayer is for also for um, protection. So we're getting ready, Brett, to go on break. So I want to pray with you. And I appreciate your call. So, Father, I just thank you for Brett and his call, and he's struggling. I pray that you would help him to walk in the Spirit. And even as Galatians says, we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh, that he would know as he's convicted he belongs to you, that you want to work in that process of sanctification, that he would watch and pray and, and just keep calling out to you, keep looking to you to get rid of those things that perhaps cause him to fall into sin. And as he makes those choices, that he would say, as Romans 6 says, I want to yield myself over as an instrument of righteousness. Work in him right now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, Brett, thanks for calling. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. And I want to welcome you back to the second half of Calvary Live. I am Jeff Figgs, pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I am so blessed to be with you. The first half of the show's over. We had a great first half, and um, I just want to encourage Brett that. You know, we struggle, and uh, I'm sure that those, uh, perhaps some that are listening, there's just an area of life that they struggle in. You know, Jesus said that if there's a, you know, your eye causes you to sin or your hand causes you um, to sin, you know, then pluck out your eye, cut off your hand. And he's not talking about physical mutilation. He's talking about deal with your sin. Um, And uh, there are things that we need to do. If we sin, you know, that we're pulling up things on the computer or something, then you need to do something about that. You need to put things in place as a safety net, things that you watch, where you hang out, what you do, and um, and to have a group of, of uh, brothers or sisters uh, uh, that will be able to uh, support you and pray for you that you can be accountable to. That's what the brethren is for. So that's all part of what Jesus said, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation and stay close to the Lord and um, try to get those things out of your life. And um, we don't want to meddle to our own hurt spiritually by continuing to be in places or put things before our eyes or whatever the case may be that will cause us to sin and uh, to look to the Lord because there is victory as we yield to the Spirit of God. Well, uh Good questions that we had. Let's let's continue uh, with our calls. We do have open lines, by the way. Love to talk to you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call and converse with you and talk to you about uh, the things of the Lord. Maybe you got questions about the Bible or Christian living. Uh, also taking prayer requests. There is a text line that you can text in your question as well or prayer requests, and that's 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Carlos in New Jersey. Carlos. Oh yes. Hello. Good. Good afternoon. How are you? Doing all right. Good. Doing all right. What can we yes, do for I have you? A question. Sure. Yes, 
I'm wondering about our Lord Jesus Christ when he was a kid. Like, he had any friends? Because, I mean, when I was a kid, I got into a lot of trouble. I like to do, I like, no, no, I like to do a lot of, a lot of stuff, and it got me in trouble. But I never liked hanging around somebody who knows it all and is always perfect and doesn't want to get into trouble or do any bad things. Like, so I'm wondering, like, during his childhood, did he have any friends? Well, you know, the Bible doesn't say, and that's that's kind of a good question, an interesting take on it, um, because um, can you imagine having a friend or knowing somebody or having a brother who never did anything wrong? He never sinned, and he was perfect. And, you know, one of the things is there. there's um, maybe perhaps the Bible doesn't really say, maybe just a little bit of, uh, maybe there was with his brothers Jude and James. Um, I don't know. Um, we do know that when Jesus went into the synagogue, when he began his ministry there in, in um, Nazareth, that he read from Isaiah, you know, about the ministry of Messiah. He closed the book and he said, the the scriptures have been fulfilled in your hearing. And the people there were shocked. They were astonished. They said, what do you mean? Are you saying you're Messiah? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's son? And they drove him out of the synagogue, um, and they were going to throw him off a cliff, and then he walked right through them. Um, The only thing that we really know about Jesus' childhood is really told to us in Luke's Gospel that he was there in the temple, there, you know, reasoning with the religious leaders when um, his parents were looking for him, uh, and we don't know really anything else. Um, I don't think that he wasn't showing off to his friends and doing miracles, because the first miracle that he did was um, at the wedding feast in Cana in John chapter 2. So, you know, sometimes I hear people say, well, Jesus was showing off, you know, and you know, and all of this. I, I think that he was humble, whether he had a lot of friends, whether, you know, um, he did or not. I I, I, I just guess that he was just in, just incredible um, when he was a kid. And, of course, um, as Luke says, that uh, he was one that um, that just continued to, to grow in, in stature and understanding, um, in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. So that's kind of where I leave it, but it's a good question. Good question to kind of think about. All right, thank you. Oh, oh, oh and one, one more thing. Can we do a prayer, prayer request for us yes. so we can start reading the Bible more often? You bet, and that's a good prayer request. And, Father, I just pray for Carlos. He's reading the Bible. He's thinking about these things. And, Lord, even though we don't know everything about Jesus' childhood, matter of fact, very little, um, that uh, we know that uh, he— was one that um, was had to be amazing. And, and Lord, that we do know about his ministry and life, his death on the cross, his burial and resurrection, and that he is the one that came to save us. I pray for Carlos, and, and um, I pray that you help him to continue to grow in the Scriptures, to know Jesus more, to fall in Amen. love with him more, to just uh, yeah. grow in the grace uh, of the Lord and the knowledge of the Word of God, and, Lord, I just pray that you do that work in him. I thank you that he took the time to call in today. And, um, Lord, that as he goes through your word, 
that you would just place it in his heart and it would take root there and that all those things would help him to grow and see you more clearly and to produce fruit in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, Carlos. All right. 303-690-3000. Let's go to John in Denver. John? Yes. Yes. Welcome to Calvary Live. What can I do for you? Good afternoon. Uh, yes, I, we go to Calvary Chapel. Um, and um, anyway, my wife is wanting a divorce. But the reasons are, there is no reasons for the divorce at all. She's been told that many times, but she feels that she has to have the divorce in her mind to be able to serve in the church and to uh, help people. And then her other reasons was that she thought that this was God's will for her life. And uh, I just want your take on it. And my prayer request for her is that God will open her eyes and that she will see the truth on it, not not the the other side of it. I just want to see what you think on it. Well, I think you kind of answered, you know, that in... Um, she needs to see the truth. And I don't know, John, I've, I've faced this before that um, I've, I've had those that have come and they want to serve in the church, but yet they're, they want to divorce their spouse or they're uh, in an affair or something, and that's not the will of God. I've even had people um, in my office tell me, well, I'm going to divorce my spouse and marry another um, because that's the will of God. We know that's not the will of God. It's when they came and asked Jesus about marriage and divorce and remarriage in Matthew chapter 19, that he said to the religious leaders, have you not read that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh? He was taking them back right to Genesis chapter 2. But then Jesus went on to say, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. And we know that it's God's intention that a husband and wife be married for the rest of their lives. And and so they asked about a certificate of divorce, and he said, because of hardness of hearts. The Bible does give some biblical reasons for divorce, such as immorality, uh, infidelity. And if a non-believer in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 leaves, he says, then you're called to peace and not to bondage. So... We know that what you're telling me, that it's not God's will to get a divorce, and also to divorce so you can serve in the church, um, that, that is not biblical either. I don't know if she's getting that from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you're single, then you can focus on the Lord. But um, Paul says that, that you are to keep your marriage vows in that chapter. And uh, so to commit sin... So you can do the work of the Lord. The Lord's not going to bless that. Um, And again, I've talked to those who, well, you know, I'm going to um, divorce my spouse and marry this person, and we're going to serve the Lord. That's not the will of the Lord at all. So we're going to pray for you, and I'm sorry you're going through this, and um, that, you know, that she can receive the truth and that she can um, really understand what God's will is for her life. Does that make sense? Sure does. Yeah. So. Makes total sense. Yeah, Father, I pray for yeah, John. And he's going. Go ahead, in, John. We live in San Diego. I'm out here okay. visiting my kids for the break right now, just because of all this. So. Okay. But, okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I appreciate and, your prayers. Yeah, and let's pray right now, Father. I do pray for John as he's out here. He heard the radio station, but Lord, um, 
I just pray for his marriage. I pray for his wife, whatever reason that she's wanting to divorce, that you would get a hold of her heart and minister to her, first of all, what your will is for her, and that is that she would keep her marriage vows. And, Lord, I pray that you would work a miracle, that you would um, just keep the lies away from her, and, Lord, that she would truly understand what your will is for her. And, Lord, that she wouldn't think that the grass is going to be greener on the other side if she gets a divorce. But, Lord, um, to keep her marriage vows, to be in the will of the Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you administer that to her and that you bring healing and restoration to this marriage and be with John. Um, Lord, as uh, he's here visiting his kids, that you administer to him. And, Lord, that um, you would work and show yourself strong on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Be, you bet, John. God bless you. We'll be praying. God bless you. Thank you so you much. Uh huh. All right. You know, it's really important for us to understand what the will of the Lord is. And one of the things we need to remember is if we get into compromise or sin or carnality, the Lord's not going to bless that. And, um, you know, unfortunately, what can happen is um, that, um, you know, we can begin to compromise God's word and will for our lives, thinking that that's going to make it better or I'll be able to serve the Lord. The Lord will not bless sin, and he will not bless that compromise uh, at all. And he calls us to obedience, and he calls us to righteousness. And sometimes and, and um, sometimes we think if we um, sin or, or we do something that's contrary to God's word, that that's the right way to do it, and it's going to be better, and the grass is going to be greener on the other side. Um, if I divorce my spouse and get a, you know, do something else or you know, get a, a, a new spouse, um, you know, it's just deception. So um, anyway, um, I know a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people are struggling with marriage problems and stuff, and we want to pray for you, and we are praying for you, and look to the Lord. He, he just desires to do such an incredible work in your life uh, as you yield to him and look to him. Well, let's continue with our phone calls. Let's go to Patricia in Colorado Springs. Patricia? Patricia? Are you with us still? She had a prayer request. So, Patricia, I don't know if we lost you, or uh, I'd love to pray with you and get your prayer request, so give us a call. We do have open lines now, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs at Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I've been taking calls and answering your questions and prayer requests and we still got some time here in the show. I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord, answer your Bible questions. While we just got a little bit of break, I just want to remind those of you up in northern Colorado in the Greeley area that on Wednesday nights we are going through the book of Isaiah. And in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, we see that Isaiah is actually commissioned to ministry. So it's just an incredible chapter. love to uh, you know, have you come out and see us as uh, we start at 7 o'clock, have a time of worship and then Bible study as we're going through Isaiah, an incredible book of the Old Testament. And we have uh, the kids that are taken care of from nursery, children's ministry, youth groups that meet, middle schoolers, high schoolers. It's a wonderful time. And again, to remind you that Wednesday nights are a great option because we live in a culture and a society that 
uh, that weekends get very, very busy, and sometimes uh, people have to work, and they can't make it on Sunday morning. So Wednesday night is uh, very much a part of our weekly services. Come out and join us at 7 o'clock or Sunday morning as we're going through Luke's Gospel uh, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock, and I teach all three services. Some people ask, do you do all three? Yes, I do, and I do Wednesday nights. And so I'd love to meet you and your family um, and come out as we go through the Scriptures and the books of the Bible, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. But let's get back to our phone lines. Let's go to Lynn in Aurora. Lynn? Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Lynn? Good, doing well. Good. What can uh, we do for que- you? My question is, I am a divorced woman. Okay. And I've been divorced for, I think it's 13 years. Okay. And I have a desire to get married again. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just wondering, can I am I free to marry again? Well, and I think probably you may be uh, asking that out of what Paul writes in First uh, Corinthians chapter seven, right? That yes. um, he talks about. But even if she does depart, and they were asking, do we keep our marriage vows? And he talks about that. He says, a wife is not to depart from her husband, but even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. So there are those that take that and say, I'm to be reconciled to my ex-husband or my ex-spouse. Well, what happens if that ex-spouse is married? Um, you know, then the possibility of reconciling isn't there, right? And right. Um, and so are you free to marry? That's something that you got to take to the Lord because you're talking about a desire that you are in a state of singleness. You have been for a while, and you'd like to be remarried. And there are those who do get remarried. And, you know... Um, there, there are those who hold a hard line of no, you need to stay single and be reconciled to, you know, your husband. That's what the Bible says. But there's, there's different, different, you know, situations like they are married, or, um, you know, uh, maybe there was divorce because of a certain reasons that were biblical reasons or whatever. But it's something for you to take to the Lord and pray and allow Him to minister, you know, um, His peace to you. And, um, and, um, there are those who, you know, I know in our church that have been remarried and they got a blessed marriage and God has blessed that. So, um, some people end up getting divorced. Sometimes they're young and they were unbelievers and they got divorced. And so, you know, to be reconciled is, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that happen, but take the word of God and we know what it says. I read it to you. And, and ask the Lord, Lord, you know, um, you know, this is what your word says. And you know the circumstance of your ex-husband. And, um, and you know, if he's married or something, then um, that reconciliation isn't going to happen. But I think that for everyone to really pray about, Lord, is this the state that you want me to be in? And do you want me to be married? Or do you want me to stay single? Um, and so... Um, you have that desire to be in a married state someday. So yes. does that help? Yes, it does. And, it does. and you know, one of, one of the things, um, um, Lynn, is I kind of answer in the way that I do um, because I, I want you to go to the Lord. Um, okay. Even if some somebody says, 
you know, uh, I'm in a situation in marriage where there's infidelity. Should I divorce my spouse? And I can tell them what the Bible says, but I don't want anybody to go home and say, well, Pastor Jeff said, you know, to get a divorce. I, I want them to go to the Lord and ask for healing and for restoration in that marriage. I want the Lord to minister to them what they are to okay. do. And that's the wonderful thing about being a Christian is that, um, you know, you get to go to the Lord and say, Lord, um, here are my desires, here are my wants, but Lord, here's what your word says. I, I just need to have a clear conscience to be able to, to be free to marry again, if that's what you want from me, and to um, to be able to do that, because you know your circumstance a whole lot better than a few-minute conversation that you have with me on the phone. And then to go to your pastor and, and to be able to pray with them if you have a pastor and ask them and seek counsel, biblical counselor from other brothers and sisters as well. All right? Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, Lynn. God bless you. Can I pray for you? Yep. Yes, and I, I was um, calling to ask for um, healing virtue in my right wrist. I've had this pain for a couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Father, I pray for Lynn. You know her. You love her. And um, and she's in a single state. She's been divorced, and she wants to please you. I can tell. Is she free to marry? You know the circumstance, and we know what God's Word has to say. Um, but Lord, I pray that you administer to her. You know the circumstances of everything she's going through. And Lord, that um, it may not be a possibility. And Lord, we know that you are the one, the God that um, that can do that work in her. Lord, if, if that's what your desire is, to bring her to that state of being married again, or Lord, staying single, that you give her peace that rules in her heart, that Lord, that you administer to her your word, that she would get godly counsel, and Lord, that you would just minister to her um, in that way. And I also pray for a healing ministry that you would do to her in her um, right wrist, Lord. Take the pain away, bring the mobility back. Lord, just minister to her emotionally, spiritually, physically, bringing healing. Show yourself strong on her behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Have You're a blessed welcome, night. Lynn. You too. God bless you. Let's go to Joanne in Inglewood. Joanne? Yes. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. I'm great. I just had a quick question. Uh, Were Cain and Abel twins? Uh, It seems like they both did their offering to the Lord at the same age, and um, the Bible said that, and um, Eve continued or uh, continued in labor, or uh, I can't remember the exact phrasing. And I was right. just wondering, were they twins? You know, I was asked that a couple of weeks ago, and it's interesting I'm getting asked that again, because at that time, um, you know, I was reading from uh, chapter 4, that Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired uh, a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. So when I initially read it, I think that it was two different times. Um, You know, you can have babies that are fairly close to each other in age, 
got to also remember that people were living at this time to be 800, 900 years old. And so there was longevity and who knows how many babies, you know, Eve, uh, you know, had and bore um, a number of them. So I don't see, it doesn't give indication that they were twins. When you go through the book of Genesis, when Rebecca um, finally conceived that the Bible is very specific and said that there was twins, um, Jacob and Esau, but I don't see that here. So my initial answer is I don't think so. Okay. I Does just that help? wondered because uh, I was listening to another pastor a few days ago, and he mentioned that the word and is kind of like I've I'm probably going to mispronounce it, a polyphendrine or something like that, which means to continue. And so I got to thinking, I just wondered if they were twins. Yeah, maybe maybe there's something in there that I haven't really looked at, but just the initial reading that she had a son and then another son. Um, she bore again this time. And that's probably that word to continue. You know, I don't know. So uh, good question. You know, um, one of the things, um, Joanne, that I have, I have a little box, uh, a little drawer that is, has questions, and I sometimes I'll write them down, things like that, and I put them in that little box. And um, those are questions that I have for the Lord when we when we go to heaven. <laughs> so oh. those are, well, you know. If, if he answers you, I would love to know the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we just go with what the Word of God has to say, and so there's nothing that indicates that they were twins, but, you know, that's the second time I've been asked that, so um, maybe I'll look at it a little bit closer. So God bless you. Okay. Thanks for calling, Joanne. Appreciate it. Thanks. For, uh-huh. Have a good night. All right. Keep reading the Word of God. It's good to study I it. I will. <laughs> hey. All right. Hey, we got um, a little bit of time left. I want to get Caesar in Greeley. Caesar. Who is it? Yes, Pastor Jeff. Caesar? Yes, hello? How are you? You're on Calvary Live. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, I was just calling to see if there's prayer for my wife. I heard Absolutely. a gentleman earlier, too, um, calling, asking for prayer for his wife because of the cancer. Mm-hmm. And right. we are going through a, a similar situation ourselves. Okay. Um, but in our situation, we've seen the mighty hand of God, they told my wife she had a tumor in her head, mm-hmm. and they gave her just a little bit of time to live, but thank God that he guided us, and we did some, some home remedies and all that, but we give God all the honor and the glory, and the tumor's right. gone, you know, from her head, so now wow. they're saying Praise that it, you know, it, has, it had spread also like to her lung and this and that, but... If we trust in the Lord, if we trust in the Lord, the Lord will guide us on how to do it. How yeah. to, you know, because God put the plants and all that here for a reason, you know, like the vegetables and all mm-hmm. that. I was just reading uh, Genesis chapter one, um, 1, and it talks about the vegetables and all that. Yeah. So I so think the Lord, will, the Lord will guide us, but we've seen God's mighty hand heal people good. from cancer, and all we got to yep. do is just claim it. And never accept that lousy yeah. name, cancer, because... And, yeah, and it's a hard one. And, Caesar, we're going to pray because we're just getting ready to go off the air, so I want to get that prayer in, and I appreciate you calling. 
and given that Thank testimony you. of what God has done with your wife. And Father, I pray that you continue to bring healing, that Lord, yes. that you give them direction and guidance, and, and Father, to heal her body, to take the cancer away, because you are, as we declared, the great physician, that we can cast our cares upon you. So we ask for this healing and strength. We ask that you administer to her, to Caesar, as he ministers to his wife. Help them to keep looking to you for guidance and direction, for strength, for comfort, and for a healing touch to come from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Caesar. Bye-bye. You bet, Caesar. God bless you. Hey, we had a great show today. Uh, Love being able to pray with you and minister to you. Good questions. And uh, love this show, Calvary Live. And uh, it's always a privilege for me to be with you on Calvary Live and looking forward to next time that we are together. Just want to encourage you, make sure that uh, you're studying your Bible. Make sure that you're in fellowship, being a good Bible-believing church, wherever that might be, and um, and uh, continue to just fellowship with the brethren and to look to the Lord for everything to bring you comfort. Uh, again, I want to tell you that you can check out our web uh, service times on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com, Sunday mornings, 8, 9, 30, and 11 o'clock, and then Wednesday nights in the book of Isaiah at 7 o'clock, and many other things that are taking place. Love to meet you up here in northern Colorado, and um, and keep listening to you know good radio, uh, Bible teaching at Grace FM and Hope FM, and uh, what a pleasure it is to be able to do that. So appreciate your support on Calvary Live. Uh, I so much appreciate the pastors that take the time to be here to minister to you. And um, I know that it, uh, and hope that it is a blessing to you as well as you continue to listen. So um, we uh, will be back uh, at the same time next time and, uh, and tomorrow as well. So have a great evening. Keep looking to the Lord. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.